Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. Today on Afternoon Tea, Beth Duhon and I have a conversation about seven things you can do to survive teaching in December. This is episode 230. So glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome to Afternoon Tea. I'm Jessica Grant. This is a show about the ins and outs of music educator life, the daily preparation, organization, and management of our classrooms, time with colleagues and friends, and learning to live life to the brim. So pour a cup of tea, coffee, or whatever suits your fancy, and let's chat. Beth and I connected a few years ago, and she's always full of wisdom regarding our teacher health and wellness. Today, she's sharing seven things you can do to survive teaching in December. They're practical, easy to start, and you can pick and choose the ones that work for you that will make your life better during this crazy, hectic season. If you want more self-care ideas, listen in to episodes 147 and 148, where Beth shares even more about self-care. The last time we met up to talk on a podcast was when you came to talk about teacher self-care for the music educator. And it was episode 147 and 148. So if you haven't heard Beth share, there's so much great things talked about in those episodes. And we're keeping with that content, but we're going to focus on self-care and surviving the month of December as a music teacher. So I'm so glad you're back to talk with us about it. Well, that's so well said. And thank you for having me. You are one of the very first people to take a chance on me with a podcast and I'm (laughs) forever grateful. I really appreciate it. Well, I've come to really get to know you. We met up for dinner and then we've had conversations on Zoom. And I just love your positive outlook on things and your faith in God and trust in him to help you along the way through life's journeys. And I think you have so many things to share that even if some of them, like we've said before, are practical it's like just being reminded of them. It's like, oh yeah, I, I can do that. That makes complete sense. But sometimes we forget about it when we're in the midst of lots of things going on. Absolutely. And you know, none, none of this is reinventing the wheel by any means. It's not earth shaking. My husband this morning, he thinks that we have a Zoom every Saturday, Jessica. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're talking to her again? <laughs> like oh every Saturday okay fine yeah sure (laughs) I'm up for that (laughs) so you've got seven main ideas of surviving the month of December as a music teacher Um, let's just jump right in and talk about some of your ideas uh, starting with number one so um, number one is in your classroom this is not the time to introduce your heavy academics and your dry boring lessons you know if you have to put yourself in the kids shoes that they are also overstimulated. They're probably staying out later than they normally would sometimes. They might be wired. You know, they are hyped up about Santa and presents and break and just like we are. So I think you need to keep that in mind. And like I said, I always think, you know, we're not teaching them junk. 
But if there is a time to throw the joyful, fun lesson in there, that is the time to do it, I think, for yourself and for them. Do you have any ideas that you could share as to what that might look like for light lesson plans compared to heavy academics? Sure. So I'm Kodai inspired, but not purely. And so sometimes with the sequence, we get so rigid that we'll get to that point where like, oh, I'm supposed to present Tikka Tikka. Well, not in the second week of December, you're not. I mean, that can wait. Wait till everyone is fresh in January, you know, put things on pause. Um, Something I did last year that I loved was such a win. Music Play Online has a Christmas carol sing-along. So I have very clear memories. We were in the dark little portable. I had only known those kids for a few months. But, and like I said, stupid, simple, but the joy factor was so high. You know, so on Feliz Navidad, hey, let's dance to this one. On Jingle Bells, let's play our Jingle Bells on the steady beat. Let's play it to the rhythm. Can you make up a movement? So it's not, like I said, a throwaway. There's still value there. Feels festive. It feels seasonal. And they're still having a good time. And like I said, and the amount of prep on that is basically zero. But I would say of all the classes I probably taught that year, that's one of the ones that I hope they'll remember. And they all left in a great mood. I think joy is valuable, though, too. It's like the academics are valuable, but there's a time and place for all of it and prioritizing joy, especially in a heavy season, that's valuable. So we should give ourselves the okay to do that and to to take some time in class and just sing a Christmas song or holiday song because it's joyful or move to a song because it's joyful. I know know people who don't go um, with holidays in their class which is fine. Um, So, but if you're doing that, it could still be lighter, you know? So maybe a few minutes of that is a fun video. Someone else teaching an ostinato for two minutes in a catchy way, instead of you doing that. Number two is healthy eating, not to be crass, but when you eat like crap, you feel like crap. At least that's my experience. What happens in the month of December? And like I said, you don't have to, this hasn't been some Spartan part of your existence where You know, you don't have any treats or any indulgences the whole month long. But if you're just kind of surviving on leftover teacher's lounge snacks and whatever you might grab at a party and overindulging in food and drink that you wouldn't normally do, no wonder you're not going to feel well. So as somebody who's low carb, the holidays can actually be fine. I choose to abstain from sugar. It's just easier for me to not. And that's no judgment on anybody else, but I know myself, I know my health history. And if I have a pan of brownies, I will eat them like it's my job. So it is much (laughs) easier for me to just not go there, not touch it, just not do it. It's not that enjoyable to me anymore. But low carb has a lot of things that I can personally do, you know, high quality olives or nuts, dark chocolate, red wine, good cheese, deviled eggs. So I really don't have to feel deprived during the holiday that way. Oftentimes in the holiday, I feel like the teacher's lounge is bursting with leftovers from a holiday party that was in a classroom. And so they just bring it to the teacher's lounge or the parent teacher organization brings you goodies or sometimes two individual families will bring you a chocolate to say thank you, you know, as some kind of treat. And it's just you're surrounded with all the sugar. And I think for me, something I try to do, not as a perfectionistic thing, but just like you said, kind of balancing it. So I feel better is just to watch what I eat at lunch or dinner and try to make sure I'm getting some healthy food in so that if I do indulge in some cookies or brownies or whatever, that at some point during the day, I've also eaten something healthy because I love my carbs. I mean, I 
love them. And this time <laughs> of year with all this stuff around, it's like, I do want to enjoy that stuff, but if I can eat some healthy things in the meals and have some things that I normally don't eat more often than, then I've got more of a balance. That's going to keep me going. Well, like you said, it's not like your whole day has to be perfect, but if you're keeping your normal breakfast, because why not? Right. You know, and like I said, just because it's in the teacher's lounge doesn't mean you have to, or it, like I said, um, if something is truly like it, this is your mother's homemade sugar cookie recipe that y'all have done for generations let's eat that. But if it's like an H-E-B frosted sugar cookie that's left over in the lounge from a kid's class party, eh, eh. <laughs> I pass. So if I just look at it like that way, is this special enough to indulge? Then enjoy it and indulge. But if the rest of the time you keep everything a little bit more normal, I almost think of it like you're a toddler, um, not you personally, but <laughs> <laughs> yourself as a toddler, because if you think about it, if you're not sleeping well, if you're overstimulated, if you're oversugared, who is surprised when that toddler melts down? And so with us, if it's hard enough on the normal day to take care of things at home and school and a healthy lifestyle, how much more difficult is it in the month of December? Okay, so um, peaks and valleys. Christmas is not a surprise. It happens every year, but we always act kind of surprised. It's <laughs> like, yeah. what is this? (laughs) Yeah. What is this? This is so crazy. And like I said, I'm referencing Christmas because that's what I do. That's my family. Definitely. I think in terms of peaks and valleys that, um, you know, you're going to have those times where it's going to be a hectic week. So let's have a Trader Joe's orange chicken meal in the freezer and just make it silly, simple to get something in your family that night. If you're doing like medical appointments and your car oil change and things, why in the month of December? You know, if you know everything else is going to be crazy, let's just clear out the rest of your calendar as much as you can. Thanksgiving break. And then that week after, I think it's just such a good time to knock things out before the real insanity starts. So um, I heard Sarah reference on freezer meals on another podcast. If you're, I've never been organized enough for freezer meals, but if you're one of those people, more power to you. If there's freezer meals or convenience meals, like I talked about the Trader Joe's chicken or your Stouffer's lasagna, like they may not be the healthiest, but if it is just, let's get something on the table. If it's shopping and stocking up ahead of time, you know, for me, a stressor was always my concert clothes because I don't want to be looking in my closet the morning of the concert and figuring out that the favorite thing I thought I was going to wear actually has a rip in the seam. I'm going to have to figure something else out. So much better. Let's get that stuff to the cleaners. Let's do your hair appointments, your nail appointments, you know, anything like that. Uh, I guess for men, your haircuts, just anything you can do to um, front load that because you know, it's going to be crazy. I like that. So number four, I just got one of these this morning. A lot of um, bloggers and influencers have holiday planners and a lot of times they're free. It's like, I think about living well, spending less or fly lady. And um, so just if you are able to download one of those and use them to plan out what's going on. And like we said, not in a perfectionist way, but just to have, and like I said, I'm old school. This would be pen and paper for me. Who is getting what gift? What does my budget actually look like? Am I going to do some baking? If so, what do I need to buy? Travel arrangements. Do I have that? There's so many moving parts that you don't have in a normal month. It really helps me just to have my hands on a physical planner that says, um, this and it helps jog my memory too. So this is what you have when uh, you know it's a place to stash your receipts. And just because they have something mentioned there doesn't mean you have to. Um, you know their traditions or ideas may not be your traditions or ideas, but the idea of looking ahead and knowing what you want to do 
I think is huge. For me, I tangible, write it down, see it, look at it, and just kind of get out in front of it. Like I said, to be honest, I don't count myself as really super organized. I would not call myself type A by any stretch, but that one thing does kind of help tame the chaos a little bit and put it all in one space and help me see it and see what's going on. Nice to have something like that for the season. Yes. Number five is your joy meter. These activities are not filled with joy when you're stressy and teary, but I can't tell you the number of times. Um, in fact, real life, a couple of years ago, every year I would buy my son this Linux ornament. It's supposed to be collectors. And in my mind, I'm like, he's going to have 18 of these by the time he leaves the house. And they're, they're so nice and they're kind of expensive, but you know, I love them. I like the way they look on the tree. Well, long story short, he was helping and broke one. And I, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to be all Christmassy and you're like, oh. yeah, you crushed my dream like of 18 ornaments. There, yeah. There's raised voices and there's tears and there's broken glass. And it's like, this is not good. Uh, so, you know, if you're like me and you know, you're getting to that point, you know, don't give the elementary boy the expensive ornament to hang on the tree. It may not go well. <laughs> or um, let it go and that it's only stuff and it'll be fine. I would also think about some of our performing groups. It's very easy because we feel judged and stressed on time. And, you know, it's so um, highly charged that we at them, well, shoot, they're 11. It's yeah. Christmas. They're pumped up. And their music teacher is giving them a yelling because they're not, you know, super focused on you know, coming at the right part on that rehearsal on their instrument. Ah. So it's important just to dial it all back. It's way more important. Ultimately, I think that the situation is a good memory. It's joyful than that. It's perfect. 10 years down the road, you know, what do your students remember about the month of December Mm -hmm. in your classroom and the performances, you know, is it that like, oh, wow, Miss Duhon went off on us and it was scary every Christmas, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Or or is it, you know, wow, that was a lot of fun. And you're looking back at the videos with their family and enjoying it and having a good memory. Or like, hopefully with my son, he's had, you know, has better memories of us around the tree the rest of the time than the time that I've flipped out about the Linux ornament that was broken on the floor. I really like how you talked about the joy meter, which also ties back right to the fun light lesson plans at the beginning to bring joy in the classroom. And while we're focused on what should we be teaching, how should we be doing academics, we also need to look at the joy meter at home and just how everything's settling there. So it really all, it all ties together. It does tie together. And, you know, you don't have um, a school life and a home life. You have a life. So for me, you know, when school wasn't going well, it was hard to be happy at home. If home isn't going well, you know, you're having a hard time just keeping up with the nuts and bolts of life. School is a lot more challenging if you don't have, you know, clean black pants to wear for that Monday morning or things like that. Number six, as musicians, sometimes I think we have to get a little bit creative about when we celebrate and how we celebrate. So I know for us, um, there was a time where um, our main income was teaching lessons and gigging. So we were always playing, you know, on Christmas Eve, on Easter, on all those other holidays where people else were kind of relaxing. That was not my most relaxing time. And if I had something to go back and tell myself, it would be to relax some of those standards about, you know, I would try to just 
you know, do those meals and do that decorating and stuff like I didn't work. And like, I wasn't going to have, you know, uh, two shows that day and then go home and do Christmas Eve activities and stuff. So I think it's totally fine if your family's willing, you know, if you have a lot of concerts that month, maybe you just wait to do all the baking and decorating and family type of stuff until you're on school break. Really figuring out what works best for your family. And again, I think it's taking off that. What do I want to do versus what do I feel I have to do? And if you're, if you're doing lots of gigs at Christmas time, I've, I've done that before where I've played piano for different concerts or just had um, things going on at church where I was in like a big production or things going on there. It takes a lot of time and dedication. We can't always do all of the things. So if you really love the decorating, then maybe you figure out what you want to decorate or spread it out over time. Or like you said, wait till you're on break. There's there's nobody checking on you to make sure it's up at a certain time. It's just the pressure we put on ourselves. My final one is just reminding yourself uh, what we're celebrating. Because I think if, this is so weird, but if an alien landed on our planet at Christmas time, okay, uh, I think they would think that we're celebrating money and stuff and busyness and would completely miss any other significance or relevance for December and, and holidays. Yeah. I've noticed that myself too. And sometimes, you know, we'll kind of just squeeze in the other part out of guilt, but it's really not a focus, you know, and we get to January and we act like, oh, well, I made it through. We got through Christmas. How horrible <laughs> you got through Christmas. Okay. You survived. Um, and you don't want to just survive. You know, it's, it's a big part of joy. So if you just feel on a real hamster wheel where you just think, oh my gosh, I just have to produce. I have to I have to bake, I have to decorate, I have to have a Christmas card picture, I have to send them out, I have to, I have to, I have to. I think this is a total permission slip to not. And like I said, I think a lot of times as women, we kind of, we act like dictators with our families. And so this is not like, you know, we come in there and lay down a lot, okay, this Christmas, for, but I think with their input, just finding out, okay, what do they really, which one really matters to them? You know, you might find out that they secretly hate going to see the lights, <laughs> you know, and y'all have been doing it for five years because that's what we always do. Or, you know, that dish that you spend so much time slaving over. Eh. Like, uh, we do something a little bit unusual. And I think my husband's friends actually felt bad for him, but he doesn't feel bad about it at all. My husband and my son do not like the Thanksgiving foods. Not one bit. I enjoy them. Like I, it's a highlight for me, uh, but they could really, it's not even like take it or leave it. It is like, leave eh. it. They don't, yeah. there's, there's no source of enjoyment there for them at all you know my husband's scooping up baked beans to cover up the dry turkey and so he's eating baked beans and dry turkey for thanksgiving i mean it's it's not a huge highlight uh so what we ended up doing is there's um a good place in town called lupe um, tortilla and they make the best beef fajitas so what i've ended up doing is i go there uh the day before thanksgiving i get a couple pounds of beef fajitas that's a treat for us that's a splurge and that's what we have on Thanksgiving day. And I don't feel any remorse about it. It's great. Every family is different and it's totally okay to really think about what works for you and your family, not some ideal family. And like I said, I kind of knee jerk, just want to say, well, do less, do less, do less. And sometimes that's not always the answer. Sometimes it really is. You're adding in something that is new and meaningful and maybe it is a little bit more effort, but if you're adding something in, I think you really need to consider taking something away. You can't just pile and pile and pile 
and expect yourself to be okay. Our family is similar to yours in the Thanksgiving meal because typically it's just the four of us at home. And what we found is I don't want to spend my whole day cooking the turkey or up at night and and there's always so much food left over. So we actually do pork loin and we have a pork loin that we have. And then we have some of the common sides for Thanksgiving. And then something we enjoy doing Christmas is just having a really great pancake or waffle and enjoying more of a Christmas celebration breakfast. And we often do it kind of right along presents where we'll eat a good amount before they open their presents. Sometimes you you do a breakfast instead of a big lunch or dinner, or you do a brunch or you make, you know, you literally get a pancake mix box and you just make pancakes and you enjoy eating together. It's for us, the time together is really special. And so we try to prioritize that. And then at Christmas time, one of the things we have never done is Christmas cards because it just seems so high pressure to actually get a family photo going or find family photos and then get them printed. Or, you know, I'm sure there's, there's some people who love doing that. And if so, then do that. But if you, if you don't want to don't, and I think selecting the things that work for you and going, here are the things we're going to do and letting the rest go can kind of be like, ah, it it can give you back some life without having to worry about it. All of our living situations are so personal yep. and, you know, it's, it's okay to be quirky because I think all of our families are quirky. And yeah. I just think maybe right now with everyone's lifestyle, it's not necessarily, I don't know, in your formal dining room with your China, with yeah. daddy carving the turkey, you know, and like I said, and if that's y'all and your family, then that's fine. Um, but if it's not you and your family and they're, you know, you're happy you know, having a pancake meal together <laughs> leisurely. And you never get to do that. Or like I said, yeah. you're, you're eating from Lupe tortilla because, you know, beef fajitas sound like a really good idea for Thanksgiving. I think it's okay. Yeah. I also think you just, with the season that you're in, you have to realize that as music teachers, December is always going to be a challenging month. So although it's probably too late to change anything for this year, <laughs> I think there will be a lot of wisdom in looking for next year. And, you know, maybe with the concerts and things, I always like early if possible, because then I feel like I can kind of exhale. Yes. So that makes it a little bit condensed between Veterans Day and Christmas. But then I feel like once that hectic season is done, the kids and I have a few weeks to exhale instead of trying to get something on, you know, a few days before break and they're they're gone and I'm gone and I don't feel like I can exhale until that. I loved these seven ideas. I was looking over them and just thinking about how they kind of, it's like, there's a few main focuses in this. One is joy, you know, simplifying, doing the light lessons, making sure there's not, not that it's a requirement, but just like, or like a must do, but making sure that there's light lesson plans, that there's joy in your home. And then there's the taking care of kind of calendaring, planning, where, you know, you use the last week in November to prepare doing things early. So having those peaks and valleys and then considering a holiday planner. And then I think the other one is just the taking care of ourselves where you're doing the, the healthy eating, prioritizing family or picking what's most important to you. And then remembering what's most important to you. I think those are really, if we encapsulated the whole talk, Uh 
those are really the things that you hit on and it's so good. It's, it gives us a, a great focus for, okay, at work, here's something I can think about at home. Here's something I can think about for me personally, here's something I can think about. And maybe we can't hit every single area, but we could go, I'm going to focus my energy on really doing this well at school so that it lightens my load there. And I can focus on the other areas or, you know, mixing it up and focusing on one of the others. But I always appreciate your perspective and, and the things you share for how we can better take care of ourselves and what we do in the classroom. Well, like we've had this talk before, I came by learning this the difficult way, right? So <laughs> we all do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's always a treat to talk to you. If you're a newer podcast listener to Happier Music Teacher, welcome. Here are a few things you might be able to do to support the podcast. The first is join the Happier Music Teachers Facebook group. That group is a source of joy for me, and I post in it daily. The second thing you might consider is leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And the third is purchasing Happier Music Teacher, currently on F-flat Books and soon to come on Amazon. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.